Okay, say some things. Hello. Adventure. Love. Connection. Risk. Passion. Evolution. Play. Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. Hello there, Julianne here, and we have a fun episode for you. Um, I had a conversation with Steve McCabe, who is also otherwise known as the Tarot Cat, and Steve is a tarot reader, synth punk musician, and counselor, and he's just published Tarot Makes Music, a limited edition magazine that explores the connections between tarot, music, and creativity. I know, cool, right? And so our conversation was super fun and ranged from tarot, of course, music, belief and superstition, a favorite topic of ours, as well as mental health and those pesky tarot readings that just kind of fall flat and have you saying meh. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this conversation and definitely check out more about Stee. His info is at the end of the podcast. Hello. Hi there. Hi, Julian. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. I'm fine. Thank you. Um, it's actually sunny here in Scotland for once, so I'm delighted that such a day has happened. Oh, that's wonderful. And you're in, uh, are you in Edinburgh proper or are you in the area of Edinburgh? I'm, I live in East Lothian in a small town called Musselburgh, which is just outside of Edinburgh. So it's a small seaside town um, by the sea. It's about a 10 minute walk to the border of Edinburgh. Um, lots of little old ladies, very quiet, very calm. And I'm happy here. So, yeah, close enough. That sounds lovely. Truly, um, you, you really painted a picture with that, with yeah. that description. And I'm like, okay, I am now going to have to come and visit. I just, I have. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome anytime. It won't be sunny though. I can guarantee that. Oh but, yeah. Um... No, I've, I've, yes, I've been going to the British Isles on and off since I was in my you, early twenties. You haven't you? Before? I have. Yeah. Yeah. So you know the score. I do, but also I lived in San Francisco in the Bay Area for 18 years, which really, frankly, is kind of Scottish weather. And where yeah. I where I lived in San Francisco is in what they call the fog belt. So oh, wow. it, I think it was a quote attributed to, um, uh, oh, God, I can't think of it. Anyway, there's a famous quote about San Francisco weather is the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. And oh that yeah. Mark Twain, thank you. I just remembered, but no, 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 it's very true. So I, I'm used to that. I thought but... it was so lovely and warm when I went to San Francisco. <laughs> you got lucky. It was probably just the time of year. Like, you know, I think, uh, I'll bear that in mind, though. That's because I guess from here, you just think uh, California, you know, you've just seen like uh, so many Hollywood films and you equate it with palm trees and the sun and probably L.A. and that area. But but San Francisco's a lot further north, isn't it? So I suppose it stands to reason. Quite a bit. And it's all microclimate. So it really depends on where you are in the city. But my yeah. neighborhood was known specifically as being kind of the colder because we had water on and, two sides. So they had the bay like, and then the ocean. So it's, it's very it's, popular with the Irish, the Scotch and um, the, the Russians settled in that area. And then actually the Scots historically uh, yeah. were much farther north, north of San Francisco. And there's actually a place in California, uh, just not just north of San Francisco called Inverness 
because oh, wow, the, really? the Scots settled there and there's uh, they're all on the it's water. To visit, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely if you enjoy wearing hoodies all the time, but I'm... Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. And it really is like home. Uh, well, I, that's, I believe, why many people settled there, but I'm, I'm transplanted into Hawaii now, which is pretty much the opposite of San Francisco weather, but... But anyway, weather, see, weather brings us together. There is, it's like an archetypal conversation. And, oh my, um, yeah. I'm, Especially people from the UK. It's like, if you, if you run out of something to talk about, just mention the weather really quickly and we'll be friends, you know? So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good one. It's lovely. It's neutral enough that everyone can connect, you know? There isn't a lot of partisan, you know, discussion over well. <laughs> yeah, you know? I've never seen like people like, punching each other in the face over a disagreement about the weather yeah food i think food and weather those are those are wonderful yeah. ways to just have a conversation but um yeah. we have even more interesting things to talk about so you are you are steve mccabe but you are also known as the tarot cat which let me just say two great things together in one i'm um i'm I can't say I'm a cat lady, but I have a cat and who's my cat. She's my little fur child, but cats are fascinating creatures. And of course I enjoy the tarot, the stories in tarot, everything um, related to it. So, so tarot cat, I, I can't recall how we got connected, but it could have been Twitter. And you reached out to me more recently to let Mm -hmm. me know that you've got this super cool, I've never seen anything like it before. Uh, Tarot makes music zine. And Mm. let me just tell you, as being a Gen Xer, the fact that you're doing it zine style, which uh, if you're you're under 40, most people have no idea what it is. But so it's (laughs) a homemade, you know, DIY magazine. So thanks for reaching out for that. And I just want to ask you, just tell us a little bit more about origins of why you decided to do it you're a musician and you've created mm-hmm. your first edition of it um tell us a little bit more about that i found it super fun okay yeah great thanks julianne so um yeah i mean i've been reading tarot for almost 15 years now um and i've also been a musician for about 20 years and one thing that I'm really interested in with tarot is the creative aspect of it and how just how inspiring the cards can be for not just decision making, but also creativity. So I noticed over the, especially the last five years is when my, my relationship with tarot has really deepened. And, you know, I've noticed all of these great books out there on um, tarot for writers and I've seen a, a, a fair few tarot poetry books and a lot of discussion generally online about um, how inspiring uh, the cards can be for um, for creative types. But I noticed that there was just this distinct lack of discussion around music. So I, I, I as a musician and someone who you know naturally uh, that, that that's my natural way of um, expressing myself and uh, being creative. Um, I just found it really interesting that you know um, there wasn't any particular. And when I say you know, of course there isn't a book on it, but I thought, well, okay, has anyone got a website on this topic? I couldn't find anything, you know. Um, 
okay, has anyone got a, at least written a, a small blog or perhaps a zine? And I really, in the English language anyway, because obviously I'm quite uh, limited as to how I can say it because I only speak English. I'm sure there's probably stuff in other languages. It just got made me then really interested because the more I was researching it, the more I was discovering really interesting stuff, like amazing albums, really fascinating underground musicians from the 60s right up to the present day who've been inspired by cards. And although I'd found a lot of interesting articles um, and a bit, little bits and pieces and snippets of information, there wasn't really a place where someone had brought all of this stuff together. So essentially, I felt a little project coming on and that's how it <laughs> makes music. And that's exactly what I did and have done. And it's very cool. I um, I have the PDF version, but so how do people get a hold of this? You have a, do you have a print version of it? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's on Etsy. Um, Love Obviously, Etsy. The, sh mm -hmm. the shop of the DIY artist. I mean, if it wasn't for Etsy, what would we do? You know, <laughs> it's, it's just incredible. So, um, yeah, so all you need to do is go to Etsy.com and search for Tarot Makes Music. Um, there is a printed magazine version um, and there's also a PDF digital version as well. So you can, um, both versions should show up or will show up when you say that's fantastic. And um, I'm sure you've, you've listened to our podcast before and it's something oh. that <laughs> you told me you had. Anyway, no, um, we always try to, <laughs> I'm, 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 end, you know. I'm preventing you from like going, oh, I love I, your podcast. Just ask me any questions about the show now. I'll be screwed. Oh, oh man. Oh, I was going to quiz you, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we are coming up on seven years with the podcast. So I might fail the uh, archetypal tarot podcast because we've been doing it for so long. But anyway, the uh, something that Sidera and I, especially when we did the first, you know, the major arcana all the way through and our first go around mm -hmm. that took two years, we would uh, bring in the pop culture references or yeah, you know, from yeah. books and movies and television and you know comedians and things like that. And I think music was definitely one that. I, I'd be hard pressed to say we ever really had songs that mm. we would reference uh, tarot influences. And that's just a, whether you call it a blind spot or not, but it was like, of course it influences because, you know, anything creative archetypes are going to be involved and the that's archetypes insane. and the tarot and the situations. And, um, you know, as I'm sure you hear on our podcast, we're, we're really not we're just kind of anti superstitious, really more like, being empowered mm -hmm. yourself and you yeah. know the both Sandera and I are like the language language of the soul is archetypes it's it's mm -hmm. images so yeah. um those come through in in music and mm -hmm. that form of creativity so it's fascinating to see your magazine and um I know before I, I hooked you up with Melissa of Little Fox Tarot who was on our last podcast and one before that we love her hello Melissa what's up girl <laughs> just hi Melissa we're new, we're new friends but you know <laughs> well she's been she does a blog and she's fantastic at like she does these archetypal like like the tarot playlists so it's I, that's why I had to took, hook the two of you guys up because I saw that on um on her website and I was like I definitely came across that um her blog on her website where yeah. I was 
stuck in my very geeky research. So when you put us back in touch, I was like, I was like, I'm getting deja vu here. And I was like, <laughs> I know why, because I was, I'm sure there was some point where I was like on the verge of um, getting in contact with Melissa anyway, because at some point I was just like, should I just, just like write to, you know, people who are uh, tarot readers and I've got some links with music because there wasn't so many and my finger definitely hovered over the keyboard with um, Melissa and never pressed it. So when you put us back in touch, it was like, it was like some kind of synchronicity again. I was, and, and, and also she sent such a lovely email back and she's actually doing a, a, a post about the zine this weekend. So wonderful. Yeah. Really. So thanks for that. We tarot people and archetype people are kind of amazing. I'm just going to say as a group, we, I know. Royal we I'm beginning we. to learn. I know. <laughs> oh, it's true. Well, I, I really, um, appreciate where you're coming from and, and, it's something, I mean, one, the way that I, I guess, describe my approach to tarot or my beliefs, if you like, around tarot is that for me, it just doesn't matter all that much for me. Like, you know, and, and this is something that, um, because I guess as a reader, it comes up again and again, people are constantly asking like, so what's happening in a tarot reading and what, mm. what's going on? And, and for me, it's like sometimes the 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 least important part of what's actually going on i always feel like the most interesting part is look at these amazing symbols and images and look how they speak to you so clearly when you ask something deep of it whatever the reason is on what's going on is 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 actually like the least important part and i feel like you know i even state it on my website you know it's like the person who comes from, to me for a reading can um, experience it as a deep spiritual, um, you know, a, a, a moment if, if that's how they they come across it. And my reading isn't going to contradict that. But, you know, it could you can also just, and I say just, you know, in inverted commas, you know, look at it as like amazing artwork with deep, powerful symbols. And perhaps any card that you pull out is going to give you some incredible perspective on where you are. And I don't see what the issue is in or why that takes anything away from tarot when you look at it in that way, you know? Yeah, I would, I would happen to uh, ascribe to that as well. Um, so that kind of brings up two kind of things that have been floating around my mind. Um, uh, one, I, a couple, maybe last year, we had a conversation with Tim Freak who's a philosopher, author, writer, and... The soul I, story guy. Yes, soul Listen story. Listen to that one. That was so interesting. Really interesting. I do recommend that book. Um, I found it mm. incredibly easy to read in mm. the way he put gigantic topics, but the, the theory that he has is he's coined the term narrativity, um, and it's actually maps to um, Pierre Terre de Chardin and, and some other, their other theories, and it's that everything is connected and that there isn't, um, that thoughts, thoughts are, are more than just the things that exist inside our head and ideals, you know, power, symbols are powerful. Why are they powerful? It connects a lot of things together. And this idea is that they're all of actions, thoughts, feelings, all of that is, is a part of a, a larger narrative. There's micro narratives yeah. and larger narratives and that the resonances that people have interacting with the cards are, you know, can be windows into those resonances. Mm -hmm. And as things, everything is dynamic, it doesn't stop being dynamic. One change will affect another one and things like that. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, that he put words to kind of where I was going with it myself, but I don't personally, um, besides things that are just superstitious, things that take power out of your own hands, mm -hmm. um, beyond mm -hmm. that, I kind of take the, does it, do we have to know how it works? And like, also yeah. dark matter could explain all of it, <laughs> you know, theoretically, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm believe in science. I'm certainly, you know, for, for science, just not scientism. Um, you know, the fundamentalist piece of that, but, um, the question, the question that occurred to me as you're talking about what happens and you're doing readings. Mm -hmm. Um, so this has happened to me pulling something for myself and I'm sure for other people at one point or another, but what about, what about the readings when it's just like, I got nothing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. especially if you're familiar with really, really familiar with the deck and yeah. you just sit there and you get a bit of think and you're like, I got nothing. Like I and get like, the card no, and you're just like, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, like it, it, I know. And, the, and this is the thing, I think like, you know, you can, uh, you know, if, if you, decide to be, I guess, as you were using the word superstitious about readings, you know, you will, you will always find a way to explain that away. I, th I think, you know, if, if you wanted to say like, well, I shuffled the cards wrong, or I wasn't concentrating properly, or, or, you know, it will make sense to me at a later date, you know, and I, and I think, I think that that's the, the interesting thing with tarot is that like, you know, someone who is fully skeptical of the whole um, tool itself, will never pay any attention and always explain everything as absolute bollocks. But someone who is like 100%, what sees it 100% as a magical spiritual tool will always explain it, whatever happens in a way that works for them also. And, you know, I, I think it's like, uh, sometimes it's nice to hold your hands up and say, you know what, not, not, there was nothing there today. Like, meh. So what? <laughs> it's a piece. It's a. It's a card. You know. Yeah. No, I like that. I. I. I, I agree. There are days where it's just meh. You know. Um, yes. It's just like, hey, man, there you go. Then that's. I think neutrality. You know, and that's kind of what meh is. Uh, that mm. that neutrality is a part of life. Um, and I think I will just kind of my proviso in saying this is um, certainly when a card is pulled or a situation comes upon you that is that has a strong feeling of one or the other you know if there's a strong negative pull we you know uh, there could be shadow there there's shadow material which just means the unacknowledged um i try to use the term in a jungian way of shadow is not necessarily bad it's just sort of unknown um yeah. so so meh is literally just meh like there isn't a shadow trigger there there isn't sort of an excitement thing. Um, I usually just go, huh, well, I'll make a note. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. something could, you know, something could trigger a better understanding of what that is. But um, mm. I'd never ask anybody about a meh reading, like what happens meh? And I think, yeah. you know, sometimes a cigar's just a cigar. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. It's true. I really like that way of putting it as well. You know, sometimes, you know, the, the, for whatever reason and for whatever's going on, that's, you know, there, there will be times. And I guess um, you find that with absolutely everything in mm -hmm. life, though. And why would it be any different with tarot, I suppose? You know, I guess even if you're looking at it from that point of view. And as, and as I say, for, for me, like, I don't kind of, um, uh, I, I, it's not that I, I, don't believe in the spiritual side of things either. You know, I, I just don't subscribe to it, you know, and I, I'm, I'm open 
to every single theory on why the tarot works even some of the more out there ones i'm you know i i love possibilities and i love um you know the i i love the idea of things that we can't explain and that you know and and I like to just always keep open because I find that like myself, I go through phases in life where I feel like uh, spirituality is really important to me, but I also go through phases in life where I don't and I'm extremely practical. And what I noticed when I first started reading was that because it was, um, I guess for me, like very, very quote unquote spiritual experience. And it was at a time in my life where I found I needed some kind of spirituality, but had no time for organized religion. And this felt like some way of connecting with something. But as I kind of, I moved through that space in my life and I moved to, I guess, a point where I wasn't um, I guess I was just more practically minded, if you like, and back to my hardcore secular self that I was for a number of years. Well, but tarot kind of went out the window and I think that that was a shame. So when I kind of really got back into tarot, I was like, you know what, I'm going to appreciate what a powerful tool this is for anyone and everyone and not really think too much about the whys here because yeah it can be very exciting if you if 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 you relate what's happening to some spiritual source but at the same time what if i put all my eggs in that basket and then you know i have a i go through a period of a few years when i don't feel like a spiritual person does that mean i have to throw these cards out that are so helpful to me when actually for me, like you can call it spiritual, psychological, whatever you like. But if something is helpful to you in your life, and as you say, I mean, these, it's so hard to explain and put into words why these symbols are so powerful. I, I, but they are powerful. And, you know, I want to keep as open a mind on it as possible so that wherever I am in my life and whatever I believe or don't believe is is going on out there, that these cards are going to be in my life and helping me out and hopefully helping other people out with the reason readings that I do regardless. Yeah. And that, I mean, just as I'm listening to you, it's the, the type of um, mentality that you can, you can grow into mm. and expand on is, you know, working with art or anything that's symbolic. It does, mm. it does allow you to be rational and use that the, the you know the thought part of the mind, but also to kind of integrate that is with mm. what are the greater possibilities? What is something yeah, that is yeah. transrational for yeah, me right. to be able to you know hold these things that are typically very opposed to each other? And that yeah, that yeah. how do you find how do you, how do you work with you know it's a methodology of working with something that is maybe not it's a lot it's rational in some ways, but. Um, you know, so you can hold the opposites. You know, they say wisdom is being able to hold two opposing ideas, you know, two opposing truths, as it were. So that, mm. that to me, and, and um, unfortunately, I think the reputation of many systems of archetypes, such as, you know, the tarot and the astrology, uh, they're, they're, you know, find every flavor. Um, mm. And there are a lot of people who are pretty, I'm just going to say wacky with it where they're, and yeah. wacky, it just means that they've gone to a place where they're really, they've surrendered their own ability to have something, a rational thought and just sort mm -hmm. of bend mm -hmm. with, you know, like you've got to do, you know, it's almost becomes like OCD in a certain way of like, I, I can't leave yeah. the house until, you know, I've drawn a card and it'll tell me what to do. And, 
to me, and this is something that, you know, we take a little criticism for, but we're like, yeah, maybe that's not so good. <laughs> maybe, maybe you, you yeah, your exactly, choice, you know, your, yeah, you know, the, it's the balance of the being and the doing, you know, the, we, we use masculine and feminine, feminine in the podcast, but we know those words are so weighted. Um, each, each, each situation has its version of those and and you know a version of saying it's agency or community or it's you know i am making a choice for myself or maybe i'm handing over this choice because i don't know what to do um the consequences are always ours you know, at the end of the day so it's something yeah comes up and we've it's been a topic of conversation on this podcast for a long time and i think people are telling us like thank you for um you know talking about these things and um I thought I it, like, mm -hmm. and, and I, I'm sorry to cut over here. Yeah. I just wanted to say how much I agreed with that, you know, because I, I think, um, you know, it, it, all, all of these tools, tarot or, as you say, astrology or any 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 kind of what you might term an esoteric tool or a tool for divination or whatever, it, it's there to uh, help you in your life. It's there to give you a boost, surely. And it's there to... As, as a, a, you know a little a little sidekick and something to inspire you to make choices and make good choices or inspire you to do things it's not there to take over and to be the focus of your life and i think it can be really dangerous like that and i think that that's the point where sometimes with you know certain uh, tools in, including tarot like sometimes they can almost become like a religion people like you know and and um you know and, and you can do religion in a healthy way or you can do religion in an unhealthy way and i think you know did it, it really if anyone is at the point where they feel they have to um ask the card something and they have to ask you know that's the important part i think you know you've you, you've got a, a, an unhealthy relationship with them you shouldn't ever feel you have to ask cards or runes or anything for anything it should be like a wouldn't this be helpful actually i might get some new perspective this could be a really good idea oh i'll pull a card oh that's given me some insight that's given me a new perspective on that but when you know sometimes with and i think you get that sometimes when you um when you're doing readings as well there's sometimes a certain anticipation you i mean mo a lot of my readings are by email i i really love doing um email readings and sometimes you know there's, there's a sense of there's just something about the way it might be worded that makes you almost feel this huge responsibility because you sometimes feel like oh my god like you know you you you're you're gonna make your whole decision as to whether you move to this side of the world or that side of the world on the basis of this email. So I'm going to make sure that I write really compassionately, sensitively, and as empowering for you as possible, and make sure that this email is actually, this reading has got more questions in for you than answers, because I think that's what Tarot does best, actually, is, is ask you the right sort of questions that you can answer for yourself, you know? Yeah, there's too, well, there's too many, to me, I think there's, um, it's almost too many moving parts to, uh, provide the uh, distinct answer that I think some people are reaching for, you know, when when they're when they've got a query. But it, and it's frustrating as anything. I think our own instincts about things at certain points in our points in our lives just, you know, you need the perspective of a reader to mm. to come in with that. Um, you know, I 
pretty recently was an incredibly, you know, stressful situation or something going on in my family. And I, I, I was just like, this is not the time for me to try to, you know, it was definitely time to make some decisions and be aware of how I was feeling, but I needed that other person to mm. be straightforward. Um, yeah. And in some ways, you know, not pull punches, but, but just really have a, enough sort of specificity on what they were they were sensing from the symbols to be mm. able to do that. And then I do whatever I do with it, you know? Mm. Um, and I think that is kind of like, you know, to me, like the time that I have to have another person and, and it's only going to be somebody that I trust, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. the, the like storefront tarot card readers or anything like that. It's just like, no, it's... Yeah, you know, I know, I'm kind of going off topic a little bit here, but they um, seem to have a, a really poor reputation in the States. Cause I hear that quite a lot mm -hmm. from, I hear that quite a lot from uh, respected tarot readers, I guess, you know, the, the people who I guess I've learned from in, uh, you know, various books and, 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 and trusted websites, you know, I always hear this thing of like, you know, the storefront tarot readers are not <laughs> to be trusted. So, I mean, it, it, could you tell me a bit more well, about that? Actually, because I, when I was in the States, I saw, I saw a few of the storefront ones and I was so tempted. I was like, you know what? Screw these people online. They look they look so alluring in their little glass window there. But I didn't, they were too bloody expensive anyway. For, I wasn't going to pay that unless I trusted someone, as you're saying. But <laughs> is well, it that they, go on. Sorry, the reputation, so to address the reputation, um, there is a sort of feeling that the people with the storefronts are basically kind of scam artists. They're not actually offering tarot readings because there have been, and I'm just going to put this in a very rational legal, legal cases against some of the, the, the tarot readers um, in the Bay Area and, and beyond. They, um, it's very hard to sort of bring you know, like what law did you break when you just, you know, advised somebody or they were selling, there's, there's often a curse breaking service that comes along with oh, the wow. reading. Oh, um, yeah. So, you know, they, they, so it's hard to prosecute, basically, it's hard to figure out what law did they break, but it's essentially under, um, you know, scam type artists. So there's this reputation that it's not just like come in and get your $20 reading, or sometimes they even have the like, five dollar for five minute reading and then of course that turns into whatever and then you've got a curse on your family and i can lift it and so mm. literally there are people who have had their entire life savings drained away because these people got their you know two things happened one they were very good at what they did and they knew how to play them psychologically and emotionally and then you had the person who really was sad and desperate and not wanting to do you know what i mean they were either exhausted or so desperate to find a husband or so desperate to get yeah. somebody back that and they a, just kept falling place. very vulnerable mm. um i think people have to be responsible for themselves yeah but absolutely. um so there is that reputation and it mm. you know and historically there are you know groups tribes of people some are actually roma some are actually people pretending to be roma um, I knew, I knew a family from, um, they weren't even Roma. They were just like from Albania or something like that, but they decided to become gypsy fortune tellers, which the actual Roma people came and put them out of business. But there is that mm. reputation of, of people who are basically just going to scam people. Um, and so that's, yeah, they, they open and they close overnight and things like that. And, um, there was one in my old neighborhood 
that she would stand out front and she would look at me and go, nope, I'm not even going to talk to you. And I knew every time I worked, but walked by, she would talk to everybody else and here, I'll tell your fortune or, you know, show me your palm. And she would look at me and be like, oh, you are not the one that I'm going to talk to. And I was like, you were, were going to call it off on his like, shit, weren't you? You are <laughs> right, <Didn't> sister. <laughs> exactly. I was just like, yeah, nope. <laughs> but... <laughs> Perhaps that shows that there was something a little bit psychic about her anyway, but I hear what you, I'm joking, but you know. Well, no, I mean, that's the thing is it doesn't, it it doesn't necessarily speak to someone's actual intuitive ability. In fact, I'm sure many of these people are incredibly intuitive. They're just Mm. using their powers for not good. They're using Uh, them for uh bad. And, um, you know, that's the difference between sort of what, what relationship people can have with their own sense of who they are and how Mm -hmm. willingly they will hand over their, you know, their will to Mm -hmm. someone who, you know, is a spellcaster archetypally. I mean, you really do cast a spell over people. And um, if people have decided this one thing in their life is all they want to live for, say getting married or say, you know, it's often about relationships or a money or something like that. So that's, it's a sad thing. And there's a lot of people just assume that, anything to do with the tarot is the storefront, you know, right there. And that's the thing, isn't it? And it feels like it, it um, you know, when you hear those stories of people causing such harm to people, it, I mean, for me, especially, it feels so um, uh, confusing because actually when I was learning tarot for the first time about 15 years ago, it also coincided with the time when I was uh, training to be a psychotherapist. So the two things were happening alongside each other and they've, you know, eventually been very much incorporated into each other's practice, if you like, or more so I've, you know, incorporated uh, a a counselling person-centered approach into the way I read for people because I want people to feel empowered and I want people to feel like they can make better decisions for themselves after doing that and and you I mean I can see I mean I have my sort of main part-time job that I do is is I run an LGBT helpline and and really honestly like very often the things that people come to me for a tarot reading with are not that different Mm -hmm. to what people bring to a helpline or had brought to me when I was uh, practicing as a psychotherapist also, you know, they're they're very similar things. Like I feel stuck or I feel lost or I don't feel good about myself. And, and, you know, for me, especially because I trained in counseling at the same time as I was learning tarot, like, you know, I, I, I can't, I couldn't think of a approaching anybody in uh, you know with with a, a, a kind of schemey mentality you know mm-hmm. and it feels sometimes I go a little extra to make sure you know if I'm doing a face-to-face reading for someone for example and I've just said something to someone like you know you really seem like the type of person who you know you you go into a room and you know you command the room you don't take any bullshit from anyone but I'm always really keen to if I've got that because of something about the way they moved or the way they moved their arm to follow that up by saying it was something about the way you moved your hand then that I got that from. Or I could see that from the way you moved your shoulders. You've got a confidence about you. I don't want people at every step of the way. I want to be as transparent as possible and helpful as possible. And I think 
we have to work hard at that, don't we? The likes of us who are doing this to help people, you have to go a little bit further sometimes to do cover up all of the the, the shit, frankly, that these kind of stuff <laughs> people have have put out there. It's true, and it, it occurs to me to say this: if you are listening to this and you read tarot cards out of a storefront, and you're doing it out of the goodness of your heart and talents and sharing your gift with people, Mazel Tov, keep doing it. I'm, apologies for offending you. Yeah, I'm sorry. But sorry. everybody knows who Next we're talking time, about. Put a case on me. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty anti-scam artist. Like, if you're hurting people, stop it. You know what I mean? That's as simple as that. If you're hurting people, stop it. Go get help for yourself because obviously you there's something going on. So, but, <laughs> um, that that's that is true. That's I think so much of it uh, will come down to style and clarity with working individually with people. I. I worked as an archetypal counselor so something kind of similar but using the patterns to get people we're working with to better understand them and and i think it's just mm -hmm. part of my my own set of archetypes my own personality is i tend to be very pragmatic and kind of grounded in things mm -hmm. where um, reason is really important to me um i do I, I am able to go hey this is a hunch i just got this intuitively um, see how it lands for you. Um, mm. I really, I, I, I think part of it is just my delivery is like, you know, I'm not a swami here just letting you know what's happening. I was like, hey, this seemed important. It's mm. now I'm handing it to you. You can decide what to do with it. On the rare occasion, I would get a really strong intuition about something and I would have to bring it up again. But it was almost always something that the person really wanted to keep in the shadow you know what i mean it was just hard mm -hmm. to accept which mm -hmm. is the nature of things and my my practice now um i've learned a lot about self-compassion and how that that really that is the first step i think when you're working on really difficult things especially is if you have compassion you have to soften the edges of that difficulty because mm -hmm. just running up against a shadow thing a piece that you don't want mm -hmm. to you know a, a disowned part of yourself yeah. even i have a warrior very strong warrior archetype even the times that i'm like oh, i'm running straight to it the whole rest mm -hmm. of the psyche goes oh no you don't sister i know you want to <laughs> but mm -hmm. distractions mm -hmm. come out of the woodwork so the the piece of bringing self-compassion um, to something you don't want to look at. And if, if you have that practice that that does soften things so you can start accepting, you know, you get the road to acceptance, mm -hmm. you know, of, of that compassion and understanding. And then that's, I think, when you can find the gift, the gift in the difficulty. Um, it mm -hmm. allows you to mm -hmm. get there faster. And I love the fact that you're a counselor and a terror. I think there's something about being in the UK as well. You're the when I, you know, I'd gone back and forth to England working for a British company. I love the British Isles. I, I, I do prefer Maui as my favorite island. Mm. <laughs> I like palm trees and warm water. But the, the attitude that I found in the UK about mental health was just so much healthier than in the United States. And the uh, availability, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's not perfect by any stretch, but the availability of counseling and the training of counselors was so much more accessible and not as tied up with, um, I think in the U.S. they just, they do make it very difficult because they don't want anyone to get sued. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's just so much bureaucracy and strictures around 
not only learning being trained as a counselor but practicing and um, I don't know I just thought it seemed like the UK was doing a much better job of making counseling available and training I, I think yeah it, it, it's it's an interesting one you know and to hear that as well because I mean I, I uh, there were a few a few years ago, two, three, was, was it three, three, maybe four years ago, actually, I spent a bit of time in, in the States. And, um, you know, I, I, I do, it, you know, one, one thing that struck me, and I, I, I don't want to um, cause offence to the American listeners here, listeners here, but there, there was something around um, mental health that me and my partner noticed a, li a little bit that there was a difference in how available mental health services are Um in the states you know just sometimes like we had a friend for example who um it seemed like to us it seemed like well she's really fucking struggling here we didn't realize but uh, almost like a lot of people around her were just like oh let's call her jane for example they were just like oh that's jane that's the way she lives at home that's how things look in jane's place blah 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 and we're like no no jane needs some help here you mm. know and uh, but we also kind of realized that those services might not have been so easy to get i mean Having said that, you know, one of the issues that we've got in the UK and um, right across the UK really is, um, and, and, and in, in Scotland also, is like, it's the, the, the waiting times are absolutely appalling. So, mm. you know, even though, you know, the, there are a lot of uh, free services for um, uh, psychotherapy and different kinds of counselling, you know, your average wait is six months. Oh, my so, goodness. Exactly. So, yeah, it's great to have a free counselling service, but we also know that the majority of people, they access these services when they're at rock bottom. The breaking usually, point. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, you know, may maybe I'm starting to slowly feel a little worse here. It's usually when you're at your worst that you get desperate enough to actually ask for help. because We it's so know you could have do done that. something and else then, with the last 45-ish you know, minutes of your life. I mean, but we are I, I think so glad paper, you spent it with us. You, know, the, you, know, you we've can got find out more about Sean at his website, so, imagineastrology.com. You know, you know, and follow they, us on Instagram, Facebook, um, and or Twitter. And look for the giveaway post where you could win a brief introduction to archetypal astrology by Sean Nygaard. So go over there and check that out. We'll post them twice in the next month. And I hope you win. And if you would like to become one of our most favorite people in the world, become a patron. Just visit tiny.cc slash tarot. And you too could be like these awesome humans. Richard, Sarah, Talia, Hillary, Peter, Rash, Christine, Pat, Ali, and Jamie. We is produced by both end media and our theme here, music is by we don't the lunar have a government that's investing in that structure and um so you know the grass is always greener isn't it you know <laughs> yeah it, it, and it's true i think i think it's your 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 you know country is uh, countries are um I, i'm i'm genetically scottish my mother's side is scottish so same oh. as scott uh, i'm not i'm english i'm genetically that's scottish right. you're also. genetic yes that's right. genetic but the uh i think there we are we are facing similar challenges the um the ethos or the ideas of us you know the conservatives everywhere is um mm. i think well we that's a whole nother thing but basically we're kind of up against the same things but um i i look at at least the structure and the belief that it is important and they're, you know, it's just, it's a matter of the people at the top, not funding it, but it's, mm. it is, you know, 
it's apparent that it helps helping people helps people um period <laughs> that kind of man versus in the united states we have you know they talk about mental health after there's been a mass shooting and then they do nothing about that organs but so we are we are we are in a similar we are in a similar place but um the it's huge to have the acknowledgement that as people are reaching out, you know, maybe they don't have a family structure or they have whatever, there is something in place that, you know, I firmly believe makes everything better. You know, the economy gets better, you know, uh, happy people do better work <laughs> or, you know, people who have hope, they do better work. They make more money. They do this, they, whatever, they buy more stuff. Um, but uh, I do think people uh, who are out there helping, doing readings and helping people. They are in so many ways counselors. You know, they don't have the training necessarily and they shouldn't say that they are, but there's, you know, we're, human beings are incredibly adaptive to things. So we are reaching out and studying, you're listening to podcasts and, you know, they're trying to self-help. Uh, we all need each other and I think that's the key point when we connect with each other that's where really healing helps but I do have hope that there's so many great resources out there for people to to utilize and get them thinking and get them more centered in their heart and integrating things so you know I'm I am a relentlessly hopeful person who's also you know realistic yeah that's a really nice way, but I think that's how I would describe myself as well, actually. Hopeful, but also realistic. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So, well, this has been such a fun conversation. I really thought we'd talk more about about music, but I am <laughs> going... Up everywhere, I we? know, I know, I know. I That's why I never script these things. It's just silly to follow a program. People would be asleep and switching to a different podcast and we did that but um i think people should just go out and check check out your zine there's so much there's some really cool obscure stuff that you found oh, and obscure stuff and in most of it is obscure to be honest well, with you yeah <laughs> yeah but just to kind of see that that's that's there and are you are you planning on doing another edition or do you have sort of an idea for one what are your no, at the at the moment, and I think it 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 was pretty much my idea from the off that um, I was going to find everything of interest and put it in there. I mean, the it it it's almost the size of a mini book. It is. It's it pretty is. hefty. Um, so I haven't I definitely haven't covered everything on the topic of music and tarot because it's it's impossible that would be a phd and it would be a big one you know so i've got a certain bias towards and i'm and i'm open about that in the introduction in the scene a certain bias towards alternative pop punk and stuff that mm -hmm. i personally uh, that personally speaks to me um so i would just say yeah you know the, 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 it's all very obscure really interesting um some very uh, fascinating artists who i found out about and and you know what I, I, the plug is more than enough julianne so <laughs> wonderful i'm so glad we got to have this conversation Steve. and um all of the information on how to get a hold of Steve is going to be right after this little announcement so Aloha to everybody. What do they say in Scotland? Do you say when you say goodbye, ta? You say, oh, ta-ra. That would be Scouse where I'm from, Liverpool. Well, you would say ta-ra. Ta so I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say ta-ra because I'm a Scouser. You so. are a Scouse, so ta-ra. Yeah. I like that. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.
thanks for listening to the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. And we know you could have done something else the last oh, 45 or so minutes, but we're so glad that you spent it with us and that you do so frequently and that you email us and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It makes us very happy. And be sure to check out Steve and his super cool Tarot Makes Music magazine. His website is thetarotcat.wixsite.com slash the dash tarot dash cat or just tap on the link in the episode description and be sure to follow him on twitter at the tarot cat and if you'd like to become one of our most favorite people in the world you can become a patron it's super easy just visit tiny.cc tarot and you too could be like these awesome human beings richard sarah talia hillary Peter, Rash, Christine, Kat, Allie, Geneva, and Yvonne. Thanks, you guys. Your support makes all of this happen. The show is produced by Both And Media, and the theme music is by The Lunar Group. Until next time, aloha.